Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Well, why don't we pray before we get into the Word? Lord God, I thank you for the incredible opportunity we have to meet together this morning as people who follow you. And I thank you that we're not here because we have to be, but we're here because we love you. And we want to just encounter you and learn what you've got to say this morning. I pray that I won't get in the way of the message that you have for this morning. And I just pray that it will go forth and achieve all you have sent it to do. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to ask a question. It's what is your reflex? What is your reflex? When push comes to shove and you're in the heat of the moment, what is the first reaction that you have? What is the first thing that comes out of you? Because the problem is sometimes we pick and choose who we're nice to. Sometimes we uh, pick and choose who we, who we, who we love. And uh, when we follow the, the way of Jesus, we, we're sort of presented with a, a different way of living. But we need to be defined by the love that Jesus first showed us, and that then needs to become our reflex, totally selfless. And we're led to this question, what would Jesus do? The classic question, but it still leaves a massive gap because what would Jesus do? And I I sort of stumbled across this question again in the last few weeks and it was really bothering me because it doesn't really, it doesn't really explain a whole lot. So this morning I want to go through a few things that I believe answer the question, what would Jesus do? And if we put these things as our first reaction in our life, then we'll actually see something different in us because we carry Jesus and then the people we encounter every day will also see that difference in us and start to ask questions and be impacted by the love that we carry. As humans, uh, we're very limited. We have limited understanding. We have a limited viewpoint. It spans from birth to death and everything we create, everything we make is temporary. It will slowly decay. Now, we've got some uh, uh, ancient works that are still around, the pyramids and, and the Great Wall of China, but even these things are decaying. And now more than ever, the iPhone, the iPhone will last all of about four months and then you'll drop it and it'll crack. So it, it, things are lasting less and less and less. And we have a limited viewpoint, but when Jesus then enters our being, when we encounter Jesus, then it actually changes our ability to have an eternal impact rather than a temporary impact. And I want to illustrate it this way. Um, I've got some goodies just here. And Steve, if you can help me out with this, this is not putting a slinky on your head, I promise. Um, but if you want to jump up here and just stand, stand up in the middle there, just right there in the middle. And I want you to face this table, okay? So I want to illustrate it this way. In here, I've got some chocolate chips. I've got a chocolate chip. Who likes chocolate chips? Yeah, I asked all the I asked all the youth and young adults um, on Friday when the chocolate chips are in the pantry and you can't find any other sugar. Do you sneak out the chocolate chips? There was an overwhelming yes. So parents, if your chocolate chips are going missing, uh, that's why. So right here is what humans can rea- uh, create, what we can make, what we can form on our own. It's fairly limited. So we're going to put that right there. And Steve, you can just stare at the chocolate. Are you a chocolate man? Oh, so, so you can just stare at that. It's good. So it's pretty good. We feel pretty good about the chalk chip. Who can see the chalk chip? 
Yeah, not many. So that's the point. It's not very big, but you'd be pretty happy. You'd be pretty happy with that. I mean, it's better than nothing, right, Steve? Now, Steve, if I had to ask you, if I had to ask you, could you share that with everyone in this room where everyone gets a piece? Let's just look around for a second. How many people are in the room? Probably 70, 70, 50, yeah, something like that. Okay, so... um, do you think you could cut that up into that many pieces and so everyone gets a piece? Well, since I love <laughs> you give it a go. Realistically, I reckon if we were really good, had one of those crazy sharp sushi knives, we might be able to get eight pieces, like if we're real, if we're real careful. Um, so at the end of the day, you probably wouldn't want to share it too much. You just want to sort of down the hatch and keep walking. And so... We're, we're, left, we're left with our, our human understanding. We have very limited ability to, to share it because we don't have much to share. But then over here... <laughs> hey, Steve, you can't look over here, mate. <laughs> you just keep facing your chock chip. Over here, now, there was, a, there was a sneaky someone who snuck a few pieces before out of this one, but we won't name names. Uh, we have... <laughs> it could have been me. <laughs> But we have, we have some goodies over here. Now, Steve, we could be lying to you right now. We, I just could have put something up on the screen for everyone to cheer when they saw this. But uh, So we're just going to put that over there. Now, this is just a fraction of God's uh, resource for us. Now, I don't have enough money to actually demonstrate this properly. but So we'll just leave that over there. Now, that is what's actually available to us. Now, Steve... To accept what's behind you, and on, you, you trust most of the people here, all you have to do to receive whatever is behind you is just leave that behind. You can no longer take your chop chip, uh, your chop chip anymore. You have to turn around. You have to sacrifice it. And then you, have to, then you can receive all of that. So if we start the turning process, just start to turn around this way, just slowly. Now stop. Right now, can you see anything? Can you see your chop chip or that? No, no, not, not quite. It's a little bit out of the vision. So right here, we have to make a little bit of a sacrifice, and it gets a bit scary at this point because we're leaving what we know for something we don't yet know. And in this moment, some people say, you know what? Yeah, I know Jesus. I know what he wants. And they get to this point, and they get a little freaked out, and they don't quite want to commit there because I don't really know what's there. So they just back to the chalk chip because they know it. They created it. And it's a guarantee. We're guaranteed the chalk chip. But... When we actually turn around, you can turn around now, Steve. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, so now, now, where here you might have been a little reluctant to share that. I mean, if you're walking down the street, how many people would you pass if you're walking down the street of Melbourne on a day like today? Thousands. Do you think you could share that with everyone? Not a chance. <laughs> and they'd probably think you're weird if you had a little crumb of chocolate and you try to offer it to someone. But... If you start now, look at the abundance that's over here, you're a little bit more willing to share. I mean, there's probably enough pieces for everyone to get a square, maybe two over here. And that's just four blocks. And so now we're totally overwhelmed with the abundance that we can't help but share this around. And so when we realize what's in store with Jesus and we realize what's available to us, all of a sudden there is an excitement to share because we realize we'll never run out. So you can just take that to your seat. You can munch on the one that's open, you know, just uh, just for your troubles, mate. You just, uh, well, I might steal a few of those, but feel free to go some. And so 
we have a, a total excitement and a buzz. It's like if I had a backpack with a never-ending supply of Mars bars. I'm a Mars bar type of guy. Uh, and I'm also someone, if there is a block of chocolate in front of me, I cannot have one piece and put it away. The block is gone. So those blocks are very dangerous for me. And if I have a never-ending supply uh, of Mars bars that just keep magically coming out of a backpack, in the first half an hour, I'm going to eat so many Mars bars, I'm not really, I'm going to be satisfied with my Mars bar intake. And when I know that it's unlimited supply, I'm going to start just giving Mars bars to everybody, because that's the type of guy I am. Because I'm excited that I've got this bag with an unlimited supply of Mars bars, and I want everyone to share the joy of Mars bars. Okay? So there's an excitement in the abundance that we have when we let go of our lives and we take up our cross. The, the, the youth, young adults weekend we call Iro, which means to take up. And when we take up our cross and choose to follow him, we can step into all that God has. And where once we had so little, we wouldn't want to share it with anyone because we had nothing to share. Without Jesus, we have nothing to share. Because at the end of the day, if everyone's got their chalk chip, what can you give someone that they don't already have or can fabricate themselves? The difference is the abundance that comes with a relationship with Jesus. And we get so overwhelmed with the abundance, we can't help but share it. And people are taken back by the fact that we have something extra that they haven't quite worked out how to make yet. And we have so much of it, we want to give it away freely. And that is where the impact is. Even our very best, our very best chalk chip, our very best works, our very best of our best is but filthy rags when compared to God. And when we realize that God is actually offering all of that, all we have to do is let go of this, which seems like an easy thing, but it's actually harder than it seems to actually let go of all we know, let down and sacrifice, surrender all we know, and take all that Jesus has promised us. Now, that's not a cost. It's a joy. If that's a cost, what you're saying is, God, uh, I'm getting the raw end of this deal, swapping my chalk chip for all that. doesn't really make much sense. It's not a cost. It's a joy to surrender what we have for the abundance that is in God. So what are we doing with what we've been entrusted? We're called to do as Jesus did, WWJD. What would Jesus... We're back at the question. So here's four things that I believe. If we start to outwork in our lives, we will be doing exactly what Jesus did. So we're going to be looking at four different or three different stories um, to illustrate these four different things. So we're going to be jumping around a bit. It's going to be fun. So first off, let's turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Woo! I'm excited to get in the Word this morning. Are we good? Got the cases, the unzipping of the cases. All right, we're just going to take it off. Reading from the NLT, and this is what it says. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, can you heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the man with leprosy, uh, the, instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was 
healed. Now, in this moment, the first thing that we need to do, the first letter in our answer to WWJD is accept. Everyone say accept. What we need to do is accept. So in this moment, Jesus should have done a few things, and those few things wasn't what he actually ended up doing, because he should have shunned this man. He should have been, you are unclean, please step away from me, uh, because this is what you have to do in the day. Everyone else would have been freaking out for, for their safety and Jesus' safety that this man is knelt down in front of them, and now Jesus is touching him. It was dangerous, but despite everything, despite all the rules, Jesus accepted him, regardless of his past and his present that still defined him. Jesus said, I am no longer defining you by your past or what you understand your present to be, but I'm accepting you for who God sees you as, a son. I'm accepting you in. Because with this contact, Jesus himself should have also been shunned. That is the social ramification, the cultural ramification for Jesus' contact with a man with leprosy. He should have also been shunned because he was technically unclean. But Jesus was not concerned about his image or what others thought. He was so intent on accepting others, nothing would get in the way. Nothing would get in the way. We are called to accept with 100% focus on loving people because of how God sees them. Not by the rules and the regulations and the implications and the image and the effect it could have on what people think about us. We are called to accept. It's the first one, accept. The second one is love. Everyone say love. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Everyone say love. There it is. Okay. We're going to flick over to Mark chapter 12. Normally I have post-it notes in here to make this quicker, but we're going to have to count to 12. Here we are. And Jesus is replying to the question, what is the most important commandment? And this is his answer in verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. We must love the, the Lord God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and now we must love our neighbor. These are the greatest commandments. So it's pretty fitting that this is in the answer of what would Jesus do. So with that in mind, we're going to now flick over to our second story in John chapter 4. It's good the Bible's getting a workout this morning. And we're in verse 4. So Jesus had to go through Samaria on the, way, um, on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, uh, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. 
He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Like Jesus didn't know that. Why are you asking me for a drink? How sad is it? Just to pause on it. How sad is it when people are surprised when Christians will talk to them. <laughs> Just change tact on that a little bit. She was surprised because then, a little bit like now, we are so intent on defining our faith on what we're not for that we forget about what we are actually for. And similarly to this situation, how sad is it when people are you're a Christian, but you know I'm dot, dot, dot. You know I'm this. You know I'm defined by that. Just a, just a thought. Drop that one in there. He broke every rule in this moment. Culturally, he shouldn't have been there. It, whether it was a, a, a racial thing, Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. It's against the rules. Jesus was breaking the rules. Gender. In the day, a man didn't talk with a woman, let alone being on his own. I mean, the, the, it made a point to say he was on his own at this, this moment. And yet, he still interacted with this woman. Religiously, he was a teacher. And he was talking with a woman who everyone knew something wasn't quite right. That's why she was there at noontime, because the normal thing to do in the Middle East in heat is to get water at the start or the end of the day. Unless you're a social outcast because of other things that define you. And so here she is, a woman who everyone knew had a few issues. And yet Jesus still broke the rules to show her love. And then we see in verse 10, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. The gift God has for you. Not God will have when you jump through a few fiery hoops, say a, a magic line and spin around in a circle, but it already exists. The gift is already there. Then you will have living water. He wanted to see this lady complete in the love of the Father that God already had for her, waiting for her to ask for it. If only you knew, you would ask me. Our job is not to force people over a line that we call a decision to follow Christ. Our job is rather to love them to a place where they realize the gift that is waiting for them in God's love and they ask for it. You cannot change their mind. You can only demonstrate the love that they can have if they just ask for it. If you are not displaying love, you are not displaying Jesus. And if you are not displaying Jesus and you say you follow him, you are hiding him. And he did not die so that we can be ashamed to the point that we feel the need to hide him. But he died so we could have more confidence 
than ever before and do something amazing with the gift that he has already given us. It's like a, a, a kid who gets the latest Xbox or the newest bike or the, the latest thing. And if that person, if that, if that kid goes to school and says, you know what, guys, I just got the latest thing. And it is the coolest thing in the world. This is the bee's knees of things. If he goes to school excited about that thing, guaranteed all his little friends are going to go home. And they're all going to say, Mom, Johnny got that thing and it's really cool. And I want one now too. And every time you pass one in the shops, that little kid's going to go, Mom, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. If his friend is excited about the thing, all, all, his, all of his little friends are going to be excited about the same thing. But if that kid rocks up at school and says, oh, yeah, I got that thing. It's, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Or maybe they rock up at school and they don't tell anyone. Then all of his little friends aren't going to want that thing either. So what are we doing? What is our reflex? We've got the abundance We've got the excitement of the never-ending supply of Mars bars. <laughs> if we're not excited about it, we cannot expect anyone else to be excited about it. If we don't talk about it, if we don't share, I'm not talking be weird. I'm just talking be love. Surprise people. Encourage them. Eye contact when you're buying your bread rolls at Baker's Delight this afternoon. Encourage them. The question is this, what are we not doing? <laughs> if we're not excited about the gift we already have. He already had a gift for her, and so do you. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I will give. I will give. You carry Jesus and the power he had. You are carrying the only gift anyone truly needs, whether they know it yet or not. And if we're not displaying it, they won't start to ask the questions of what is lacking or they won't start to ask the questions of you, how can they get it? We need to be displaying and excited about the thing that we have inside of us. I mean, it would be an awesome... I, I would get physically excited everywhere I go if I, have an, if I had a never-ending supply of Mars bars, let alone the answers to the world's problems and the only reason why there's still problems in the world is because the light still needs to shine. If I'm that excited about the thought of Mars bars forever, I need to be way more excited about being in a relationship with the Creator God who wants to shine light through me. So we've got accept, we've got love. The third thing is forgive. So we're at ALF. It's attractive. Accept, love, forgive. Everyone say forgive. This is an important one. Jesus Christ was arrested, was beaten, was flogged, crown of thorns shoved in his head, forced to carry a very heavy cross, was beaten again, was flogged again, was stabbed in the side with a spear. I'm not asking for this to happen to me because it would hurt. 
Sometimes we like to spiritualize the things we hear and just think, that's nice, but no, this is for real. It's serious. They hung him. They nailed him. Nails through his hands, through his wrists, through his feet, onto a tree. And if we turn to Luke 23, he's up there in agony. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. He forgave everyone, including the people right there that did it to him. I'm glad it was Jesus and not me, because that would be a hard thing for me. The people who did this to him were standing right there, and he still forgave anyone. So regardless of what anyone does, we need to forgive. I guarantee you, if you are still breathing, nothing you are facing, no offense or wrongdoing, is greater than what Jesus went through. So to hold on to things that people have done wrong to you is the same as saying what you are going through and what you've experienced from wrongdoing is so much more than what Jesus went through that if he was here, he wouldn't even forgive the uh, the person who did it to you. Holding on to offense is the same as saying that is worse than dying on a cross. We have no excuse for not forgiving or carrying offense, except that we love ourselves more than we love other people And that is totally counter to the greatest commandment that Jesus gave. Forgive. Short one, but a very important one. Accept, love, forgive. And the last one, we're going to flick over to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read from 14 just to get the fullness of this, because the last one is repeat. We're in a constant loop of ALF. We're in a constant loop of accept, love, forgive, dash, repeat. It says this, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resource, we... Uh, He would empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. As you trust in Him, your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When we realize acceptance, love, and forgiveness Jesus lavished onto us, us, then it should move us out of our selfishness and into selfless giving of those very same things, just as God's love, God's acceptance, and God's forgiveness is never-ending in all directions. In the same way, we are called to repeat over and over, not seven times, but 77 uh, 77 times and again and again. Accept, love, forgive, repeat. 
then we, the band can come up, then we will see God's kingdom invade earth and through us, darkness will give way to the light of Jesus Christ because darkness cannot lay hold of the light. Accept, love, forgive, repeat. Sounds real simple when you say it like that. But I encourage you when you're in those moments and the reflex starts to come out, let's just readjust our attitudes to be focusing on God, that we can focus on those few things. And it doesn't have to be out of negative situations. It can be at the cashier. It can be in the car driving in traffic. What are our reactions? What are our reflexes? Is it marked by these things, this outline that Jesus gave, the what would Jesus do? Or is it marked by our limited chop chip nature? close our eyes this morning and I'll give you the opportunity if you've never experienced the love of the Father just like the woman at the well where nothing more could really go, go wrong for her Jesus still came and something was prepared the gift was prepared and that gift is salvation through Jesus and if you to this point have never or haven't in a long time and you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, I want that gift. All you have to do is ask for it and he will give it to you freely. Where we surrender, confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and he died and rose again for us, then we can receive the gift when we surrender our chop chips. So if that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this morning. It is the best thing you will ever do. And it is the greatest gift, the only gift that will last forever and ever and ever. Awesome. Awesome. I want to pray with you after as well. And then this morning, if you're a lot like me and we need to constantly keep this in check, when we finish in this song, I want you to make it your personal prayer that, Lord, adjust my reflex, let it be yours. So we're going to finish with a song that Gary's going to come up and close the service. And for the gentleman who responded, come and see me after, and it would be my joy and privilege to be able to pray with you. So why don't we stand together as the band closes. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.